who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll see what they show up for and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, guys, and I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. And uh, today we've got a special guest. Noah, would you like to introduce her? Yeah, sure. So I was browsing Reddit, um, and I saw a really interesting story where somebody was claiming that they encountered a gin. And this is something we really haven't talked about on our podcast. I don't think it, at all. I know we've covered primarily ghosts, spirits, demons, those kind of parts of the so-called paranormal or the occult. So I thought it might be fun to reach out to Leslie, who has joined us today, to tell us about her experience uh, encountering a gin. Yeah, um, my name is Leslie. I'm, I live in Arizona now. I was uh, stationed at a couple posts all over the country, uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Um, I was deployed to Iraq in 2006. I was deployed a couple times prior to that. And, you know, we saw weird stuff, you, but you, you chalk it up to uh, you're in a foreign country. You're, it's dark a lot um, when you're working and it's hot. And so you don't, you don't think that what you're seeing is real. You're just like, oh, it's my mind. I'm tired, sick, deprived hungry, you know, just whatever. But yeah, we were deployed in 2006 and um, I was based in or stationed in Germany and just had a really strange encounter on my way home from emergency leave or to emergency leave going to Baghdad. Leslie, before we jump into the actual encounter, we do kind of like to get a base point for our guests. So sure. on a scale of like one to 10, one being you barely believe in ghosts or you don't think they really exist at all. And 10 being they're absolutely real. You believe in the occult, the supernatural. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? I was raised Catholic. So we're taught, you know, that, oh, that that's like a it, it exists but it doesn't you know one of those type of things where they're, mm -hmm. they're like oh no there's no such thing but yet yeah there is you know so I was always open-minded to it that you know our bodies are energy and why not when we die if our bodies are unsettled that energy sticks around but I kind of 
didn't believe in like cryptoids and things to the extent of the encounter. Um, I, I thought maybe there could be spirits or go- ghosts per se, possibly demons, but nothing of this magnitude, you know. And there's been weird stuff that's happened at our house. My husband and I have both have experienced, we're both veterans, both combat veterans. And we've had some really strange experiences at both houses we've lived in. But I had never had anything really prior to, prior to living with him and being married to him, had experienced anything in our home, you know. So I don't know, I'm kind of kind of on the fence of, yeah, I want to believe it because I, I want to think that I'm not crazy, you know, Sure. <laughs> when stuff goes on in my house. But I, I'm like, God, I hope nothing weird is like creeping around my home, watching me take showers and, you know, just like watching, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know. Have all these supernatural events at your home happened after this first encounter when you were deployed? Yeah, so um, my husband and I got married in 2015. He was deployed, same time, same, you know, same thing. He was in actually a sister unit of mine out of Germany. Um, And we moved in to our first house in um, January 2015. And after that happened, stuff just started happening. The house was a brand new house. No one had ever lived in it. It was on a wash. Um, so, I mean, there's possible that stuff could have happened around the house. Mm. But um, after that happened, our neighbors, you know, grandbaby drowned in the bathtub. Like, just really bad stuff oh my goodness. started oh, wow. happening. Yeah, I mean, it was horrible. We had a horrible car wreck up at the top of our um, driveway that someone passed away. Like, just, I mean, ridiculous. Like, this shouldn't happen. This is like movie stuff. that was happening like horror movie stuff and um but yeah just really strange stuff has happened since we were we've been together um but i don't recall anything i mean there was a couple things like in the barracks that were pretty unsettling that i wasn't the only one who saw it type of deal you know and housing um i mean most army posts are you know have a huge history world war ii you know korean war um, Vietnam. So, I mean, they, they've got a lot of death and kind of destruction around them, especially the foreign posts like Germany, Korea, you know, Japan, stuff like that. And, oh, I mean, it's possible, you know, you just, yeah, it, it, it stuff's happened and it cannot be explained the things that have happened. You know, when two people are in another room and something breaks in the kitchen, you hear it breaking, but you go in there and there's nothing that broke. Hmm. You know, I mean, that kind of thing or or a curtain being pulled down and no fans on it, no AC on it, nothing to cause it to go down. And it went down, you know. Yeah. Well, and I want to hear more about, um, you know, this encounter you had, but uh, just to kind of get everyone on the same sort of cultural um space you said you uh encountered a gin which i think most people probably have seen it spelled like dj i n n yeah could you just explain for our listeners what that is so um in the quran i i kind of got a little backstory from some of the reddit users and from our translator it was a long time ago so i'm kind of just winging what i remember um he was telling us about um, like the different types of degens. And when we told him, we all came back and we were pretty shaken up 
from what we saw. Like, I mean, it was, it was very foreign, you know, you don't expect to encounter something like that just driving. I mean, you expect to encounter insurgents and, you know, Taliban and just ice. Well, now it would be ISIS, but I mean, you expect to, to encounter that. Mm -hmm. You don't expect to encounter something that is huge and ominous and scares the ever living crap out of you. You know, I mean, so they, they're very spiritual over there. They're very, um, they believe in supernatural. A lot of the tribes do. I mean, they, they're very open-minded when it comes to stuff like that, but they'll be the first to tell you, yeah, that's what it was. This, that's exactly what it was. This is what it was and no other doubt in my mind, you know, but I guess maybe as we're, as Americans, we're kind of like, no, man, no, 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 that's not what it was. It was a bear or it was a cow that, has rabies or, you know, something plausible to us, you know, mm -hmm. you, you think logically, you don't think like, you know, this mystical, mysterious stuff had went down, you know? I mean, I guess what I've heard about them is that they're kind of like evil genies or spirits. Yeah. Is that how well, it's explained? So what, what the, what the translator told us is, some believe they're demon, like demonic presence. Some believe they're ghosts. Um, some believe that they're like succubus type creatures. Um, uh, some believe genies that, that want you to do bad. Like they, they try to coerce you into doing sins. And that's kind of, I believe, how Muhammad explained it. Or, or Allah, when, I'm sorry, I'm not good with the terms of the Quran. But um, there's an actual like passage in the Quran that talks about gens and like what they do. And there's quite a few cultures that believe in gens. And if you look up the definition, it just says like a spirit that wants you to do bad, that causes harm, destruction, and that focuses on causing issues. So that's kind of, kind of how we got it. Well, I know we've got you for a limited time because you do have yeah, um, a shift coming up. So if you would, can you start us kind of from the origin of the story for that day and run us up through your encounter with the gin? Yeah, so I was at um, at a fob called Junction City. It's in Ramadi, the Al Anbar, Al -Anbar province. Um, it's on near the Euphrates River. Um, I had to go to uh, Baghdad, to Biop, and... Uh, you know, that day we were more worried about Route Irish, which is like alley, IED Alley, kind of like where, you know, you have to watch out for snipers and, you know, stuff on the road that's going to take out your Humvees. And so there was um, Humvee in front, Humvee in back. I was a middle Humvee. I didn't have a weapon because I was going on leave. Um, my grandmother passed away. And so I had to go to back to the States for the funeral. We were heading out. It was pretty late at night. It was early morning, late night. It was like probably about one o'clock local time, like like zero one hundred local time. So it's dark. You know, we, we were not allowed to use headlights past a certain point of the city. So we were just at that point when we're about to turn our headlights off and just use like night vision and um, you know just kind of like line to sight type views. We were driving down the route going towards Baghdad it's uh Ramadi is about 77 miles I guess like north kind of northeast of Baghdad it's kind of if you look at Baghdad on a map and you look straight up and kind of to the left a little bit Ramadi's right there 
Mm-hmm. And Ramadi was very, very deadly at that time. It was the Battle of Ramadi, re- really deadly. A lot of insurgents, a lot of bombings, tons of death. Um, I was a medic, so I constantly was kind of surrounded by adrenaline. And, you know, there was days when it was chill. Nothing happened, you know, quiet. That night, it just, it had a weird feel to it. In the beginning, one of the one of the gunners had mentioned, man, there's just, something's going to happen. I don't know what. And we all yelled at him, like, don't say that. You know, don't say that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, you never say anything that's going to jinx you or, you never say it's quiet or anything like that. So we were uh, heading out and it, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like we heard a, we heard a noise, like the, the front Humvee was like, they're like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, using military jargon on the radio, like, did you hear that? You know, like Roger heard it. Did you copy it? Yeah, I copy, you know, the Humvee I was in the, one of the, um, Gunners, he had a newer pair of night vision goggles that had like better flare on it. The um, like you could see the the heat sensors, you know, like you could see heat on him. Way way better, way better goggles. Um, nods, way better nods. So you know he's looking around, and we're all kind of scanning the. There's like some guys looking to the left. We're looking to the right. Well, off to the right of the Humvee, there is this kind of a black like figure just like chilling there it looked kind of like it was crouching but it was high like it was big really big and when you looked at it it looked like it had like smoke and we thought oh it's just the dust it's probably an, uh, maybe a horse wild horse that came up or a camel or you know like I was saying earlier you think logically you don't think you know supernatural <laughs> you know right. your brain doesn't uh, want to mm-hmm. tap into that that side of your brain like your brain's like nope not nope not nah, uh. we uh we looked off to the right and all of a sudden I like feel feel my driver leaning over me and he's like trying to look out the window and I'm like dude get off back up and we one of the front humvees he the front humvee he opened the door and he kind of stepped out and he got into like a shooting position just in case it was something we had to engage and um I, I didn't mention it in my story, but the, the Humvee behind us, he kind of angled his vehicle. He, he pulled his vehicle more so he could kind of shine his lights on it. The lights, his lights would not work. Like, they would not turn on. Like, the headlight, and that's common mm-hmm. for Army vehicles because they suck. He, he, the lights wouldn't go on. So his, his gunner had a better pair of nods as well, like our Humvee and the Humvee behind us. He could see the same thing that our gunner could see. And they're up a little higher. They have a better vantage point. And we all, I mean, they all have, the rest, everybody had night vision, so they could see, but not real well. But the two that could see it better stated they saw, like, smoke coming out the base, which we saw it with our naked eye. But they could see better, like, they're like, it's like a bluish, greenish, kind of a black-looking smoke. Like, not like a fire smoke or anything like that. We didn't stay long, obviously, because we didn't engage. It wasn't, we, we all kind of came to the conclusion, okay, maybe it's just an animal. We're going to keep going. So everybody kind of talked to everybody on the radio, and they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to call it in? And one of the uh, startup first classes that was in the Humvee up front, he was going on leave as well. He's like, no, we're not calling it in. We're going to keep going. So we, we kept going when we got to our in Baghdad like route Irish was actually really quiet for that night and then the night after it had like tons of suicide bombings so it was, it was really eerie 
but we got that's when we got to the meat of it that it was possibly a gin like the translator that we the marines were getting that they were taking back to the marine company that was back at our camp were like yeah he's like oh you know you guys seem kind of shaken what's going on and a couple other people asked us if we were all right or like yeah yeah we're good we just got scared animal you know that's what we kept calling it an animal or like it's an animal right but one of the younger privates ran his mouth a little bit and the translator overheard him and that's when kind of the the gist of it came out that he's like oh that's an, that's an if for it and we're like a what and he's like yeah it's a gin and everybody's like no no it's not you know we're all smoking kind of talking and so he explained to us what it was and asked us if anybody had any like weird thoughts go through their mind any weird feelings and one of the PFCs was like, yeah, I just kept envisioning like stabbing somebody in the neck. I'm like, oh like he did, yeah, he didn't mention it when we were there. Like nobody said anything really. They, everybody was kind of quiet. The only ones really talking or chattering were on the radio. And we were like on kind of a closed, uh, like a closed band because we were just communicating with ourselves and then um, uh, Camp Junction and Biop and our tack and stuff. The translator kept explaining to us what it was, and I think we were all kind of in shock that he was able to describe kind of what we saw. I mean, you could hear it too, like when it, when it, I don't know if we scared it or what happened, but it took off and it sounded like you could hear like a helicopter noise, and there was no helos in the area at the time. There was no, no helicopters flying in or out, um, no medevacs, nothing. It was quiet at night. You could a little bit of moonlight in the story. I, I believe I remember. Did you mention that it hurled a rock at you guys too? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So that was when the third Humvee got in a position, like a kind of a shooting position. It hurled a rock and it bounced off our Humvee. And I mean, you could the rock was there. It was like a head sized, maybe like a small child's head, like the size of a small yeah. kid, yeah. like their head yeah. size. And there was a small crack in our, in our window. And those are, you know, bulletproof windows. Those are really hard to break. How, how far away was this uh, <clears throat> from your vehicle? Probably, I don't know, like 100 feet, 200 feet from us. Somewhere around oh my there. gosh. So to hurl yeah, it wasn't far. that size. Yeah. yeah, it would have been some wow. significant force, you know, some seriously centrifugal force behind it, like. It would have had to have been a major league baseball player throwing the rock, you know, to get it at enough speed to bounce off the Humvee for us to notice it. I mean, we kick rocks up all the time, Mm -hmm. but we weren't in motion. We were still and no one was moving. We were just focusing Mm. our eyes and watching this thing. And so, so let's say you, you have this experience with, you know, what you were told was potentially a gen and then you Mm -hmm. come back to the States and you start having these paranormal experiences that you'd never really encountered before. Can you walk us through some of these um, alleged paranormal experiences? Yeah. I was telling Noah um, that I actually have an EVP from the other night. Problem was you could hear it with your naked ear. You could hear it. It was loud. I was um, in the like living room area. I actually got a picture of it too with my camera where you can see like two, two shiny things that look like an eye and then another shiny thing that looks kind of like a mouth. Um, oh, wow. And then I took a picture right after and there's nothing there. It was 
nothing was there. And I, I turned my, an EDP, I have an app on my phone that's got like a microphone on it that'll pick up. And I was like, uh, you know, is, any, is that you? And then all of a sudden I heard thump, thump, like loud, like you could hear something dropping somewhere. And we walked all over the house looking for what it was. And there was nothing there. And then a couple, like a week before that in the kitchen, we heard like a, uh, it sounded like dishes and cupboards being opened. Like, you know, like if someone's digging through pans, like looking for a pan. Mm -hmm. Um, And it uh, went in the kitchen. We were sleeping, went in the kitchen and nothing was there. Nothing broke. Nothing was open. There was one cupboard open. It was the like my Tupperware cupboard, and um, nothing was disturbed. You know, like nothing was messed with. And it sounded like a crash in the kitchen, like something fell and broke. Hmm. And there was like nothing, nothing disturbed. It was really strange. And then we've had, you know, doors pushed open on their own. Um, you know, our garage door last night, we were sleeping in the bedroom and our garage door is right off the bedroom. And I heard it open and it was only open halfway. And I mean, yeah. I talked that up to, oh, it's hot. You know, the electrical is being stupid because it's hot, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it's just really strange stuff's happened in this house we're in now. Has anything and, ever happened where you felt like it was like trying to attack you or your husband? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we, we've been sleeping, you know, we'll sleep. We, we both unfortunately have to take medication to sleep. Some nights I don't have to, and that happened to be a night I didn't have to. And I was laying in bed and I, my heart just started racing and I felt like something was watching me and I was awake. It wasn't sleep paralysis where you're half awake, half asleep, kind of just scanning the room. I sat up. And all of a sudden I felt like something just slapped me on the chest. And I looked at my chest and there was like a red mark from like my breast over to my other breast. And I'm like, Whoa. what the fuck, you know, like what's going on here? There, there's been some really thing, strange things. Like my son, um, he, we don't really talk to him about the things we saw deployed. And he has told us that he's sensed, strange things in the house when he stays over here he's 18 or well 19 now but um Mm. he has said how he'll hear like noises if we go out and he's here alone and i mean so we're not the only ones who experienced that we've had friends come over and say your house just feels strange you know like someone done something's watching you so Have, have you guys thought about bringing in like a paranormal team to check it out we we brought in a um priest to, every time we move I, I bless our house um and when i brought the priest into the old house whatever was there it pissed it off really bad and this house i didn't want a chance making if it followed us or whatever it was you know mad like we're like nah, we're not going to do it this time so we staged the house um we did kind of our own, you know, like set up our own cameras type deal. And every time we would set a camera, they would malfunction. Like something would happen. Um, our ring doorbell has gone out several times because um, it'll still record even without the internet. It'll, it'll just put it on the like its own little drive. 
Mm -hmm. And we've had, you know, the ring go out and the internet, we can see the internet still working, you know? Yeah. Just really strange things. And like I said, you know, you always chalk it up to it. It's just the environment. It's hot. You know, it's Arizona. You're just chalk it up to natural, like scorpions. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, oh, there's something, a rat, you know, desert rat got into my house. Oh, God, I got to call the exterminator. You know, like, you want to think logically. You do not want to think, like, something's wrong. Paranormal, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you do not at all. Like, it's just, you don't even want to go there. You know, I was wondering what it is that um, a priest does when he, like, comes over to you know, uh, I guess exercise your, yeah. Can you tell us a little so, bit about that process? Yeah. When he came in, he had holy water. He had his, um, like his, uh, little like purple, like neck sash thing, you know, it's like kind of shows what kind of priest they are. Um, oh, there's uh-huh. like different le- levels of being a priest, I guess. I'm not, I'm not like karate belts. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I am not his... the one to fact check you on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He put on his uh, little purple sash thing and um, he was reading, you know, the passage in the Valley of Shadow of Death, you know, the hours upon us, like basically trying to put it at rest. And then he did like a Hail Mary and Our Father. And then he read another, um, another passage it was like uh you know go with god be at peace you're free basically it's that type of thing you know like they pick out their own kind of um i guess their own like passages out of the bible Mm -hmm. and um they'll read it you know and he was reading it and he's just like okay you should be good now it's kind of what he said he's like all right you should be good now i'm like uh all right cool you know (laughs) So we're like, all right, cool. So, and and it was cool because nothing happened for a couple days. And then um, it it ramped up again. That was at our old house, which isn't far from where we live now. Um, But it started getting like crazy again, like weird things, um, you know, like smells. You can smell like really funky smells that don't add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you attribute all this to having some kind of connection to what happened in Iraq? I mean, uh, to me, that's the only thing that makes sense because I didn't have any experiences. I, I had a couple when I lived with my parents for a little bit while I was getting ready to move into our new house, but they lived in like older houses. So it's just possible, you know, that it was just the house creaking or shifting or whatever. Right. Um, but it it was just the, the the level of activity that happened when we're together is different. We you know you put two veterans in a house that have PTSD and anxiety, and you're gonna have some gnarly fights. You know you're gonna have some yelling matches, and you're gonna have some negative energy occasionally, mm-hmm. and that could easily ramp up whatever if there's something there. You know to to make it angry. You know right. I mean, it just, I guess it just is kind of how you believe it and what you believe in. Sure. Um, you know? Well, I know you've got to um, get out of here, but uh, we certainly do appreciate you coming on the podcast. And I will give you our email. And if, if you want to, you certainly don't have to, but we would love for you to email us at um, the EVP and the pictures that you took. Oh, I was just wondering if maybe if you have time for one more question. Um, yeah, I have, I have until 45 after. 
Okay, great. Um, just real quick, because I know, um, you know, I really appreciate you being open about, um, you know, your uh, experience and yeah. you know, the fact that, you know, also uh, you have PTSD. And I feel like, you know, at this time, a lot of people, especially people working in the medical field um, domestically, like, you know, how you were working abroad are you yeah. know really feeling that and trying to to deal with it so i was wondering if you have any advice for people who are dealing with uh trauma and just like tips on on coping with that yeah you know i am still in the medical field i'm a paramedic firefighter um and it, it's it all comes down to you know you you gotta learn techniques that fit you um you got to learn like breathing technique. They really do work. I mean, you, you joke yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, it's not going to work. That shit's bullshit. You know, yoga is crap. Uh -huh. But I mean, I found like working out, breathing exercises. Um, mine, mine unfortunately is a little too far gone because I didn't address it quickly enough. Mm -hmm. So I do have to take medication occasionally if I, my anxiety gets too bad. If you catch it soon enough and you, you talk about it, you have to, that is something that is, paramount you have yeah. to talk about it you cannot you you have to you have to talk about it you have to be open to not being afraid to discuss you know what's going on i mean you really have to be able to talk about it it just it's not something you keep to yourself it sucks you don't want to but you have to thank you so much that's i think that's great advice yeah yeah, it is. It, it's something that, you know, you really have to just not be afraid of your own demons, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably have to email you. Oh, maybe this is it. Hold on. It, it's like not letting me play the file on my computer. It'll let me play it on my phone, but I'll email you the picture that accompanies it. You guys can kind of make your own, you know, be great. Yeah. make your own uh, determination on if you believe or not. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Thanks for inviting me on. And I, I it was kind of nice being able to talk about it. Like I said, talking about your, the things you've seen and done, you know, helps you process. And heal, yeah, well, so thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate yeah, having thank you. you. Yeah, yeah thanks. no problem, guys. And, uh, I got, got the email. With thanks me. for all the work you're doing, um, you know, serving in the medical field, both, both here and, and abroad. So Yeah, well, thanks, guys. I really enjoyed it. And I'll, uh, Appreciate you having me on, like I said. So keep up the cool work of uh, checking out, you know, the paranormal. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it so much, and hopefully we can stay in touch, okay? Yeah, definitely, guys. If anything right. new pops up, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Leslie. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah. All right, guys. You too. Bye, guys. Have a good one. So we'll see what uh, she emails over. I'm always curious about those EVPs. I'm still not really sure how I feel about EVPs in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but an interesting story, nonetheless, I mean, I've, um, I've never heard any stories about gins from, a from anyone other than, you know, like lore. Um, I'm still not totally sure if I understand it. <laughs> so think about, I, I think like the genie from Aladdin mm -hmm. is inspired by the concept ah. of gins is what I've always heard. Yeah. It's, same. Not like, it's not like the traditional understanding of gins has anything to do with like rubbing an oil lamp and like, you gotcha. know, granting three wishes or anything like that. Okay. It's just kind of like a spirit. Yeah. It's like a, 
the way exactly jj that's what i've always been told is it's part of like their cultural lore and it's think of aladdin genie but uh with a more evil base that's kind of what i've I've been told so that was interesting i know people uh online uh when she posted that article kind of were really curious about that i mean it's just because who do you ever meet that claims to have seen something that grandiose you know we always hear about spirits and ghosts or kind of we hear more along the line of what the second part of her story was with things moving around in the house and that kind of stuff um so something a little different for you guys today hopefully y'all enjoyed it i don't know listeners if if you guys have any stories about gins or you know any thoughts or beliefs about that make sure you email us at realhauntingspodcast at gmail.com we'd certainly like to get your feedback on that but jj cat what did you guys think um are you ready to go track down an evil genie and see if we can rub its belly for some wishes uh you know this would be a ghost that i would not want to encounter (laughs) they sound like you know they're pretty cool with their lives (laughs) humans jumping in um yeah uh so i'm gonna let them i'm gonna let them be i'm gonna take them (laughs) yeah it it feels it feels more like a demon you know it feels like something that that would be from hell honestly you know Mm -hmm. yeah it yeah um definitely sounds like a pretty traumatic experience for sure it was interesting i mean did did you guys did that move the needle for you did you just kind of enjoy it as a story or or what were your thoughts on that yeah i don't know if it really moved the needle i'm still very skeptical about you know any kind of story like that that i haven't experienced personally um it doesn't mean i don't believe uh what she think what she um says happened happened to her but you know i just you know i can't say oh yeah definitely um without having gone through that experience yeah i'm in i'm intrigued by it and i think like i really think there is something to people that have experienced like traumatic experiences especially when they suffer from ptsd and and, you know Mm -hmm. learning to live uh life after trauma i do believe that you know, you're probably a little more vulnerable and susceptible to experiencing maybe an energy, new energies or something like that too. So whether that be a magic genie or not. And it just, it felt so grandiose. It's hard for me to relate to, you know, like Mm -hmm. it, it felt so much bigger than life. Like I, it's hard for me to wrap same with like seeing a quote unquote demon or something like that's kind of hard for me to even put myself in a place where I could experience something like that. Like, I think if I saw something like that, it would shake me to my core for the rest of my life. For sure. You know, especially if it hurled a rock and I was in something that had bulletproof glass and like the glass cracked. Um, Fun right. cinematics. Yeah. This sounds like a, a scene in a movie where if I'm watching it, I'm like, no. Okay, but <laughs> I think that it's someone's personal story. Just I don't know. Yeah. It's it's settling for sure. But really appreciate her coming on and talking about it, and also you know mm-hmm. giving us and our listeners really good advice. Yeah, yeah um, and if and hopefully she'll send that stuff over. If she does, I'll put the EVP at the end of the episode, and then of course we can put um, the picture like in our stories or something on Instagram for our real fans that are checking out what we're putting out every Monday. Yeah. We love you. All right, guys. Well, till next time, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. And I'm Kat. Was that you? What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. 
I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.